I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to A Slob Comes Clean, the podcast. I'm Dana K. White. I blog over at aslobcomesclean.com. That's where I share my personal deslobification process. As I figure out ways to keep my own home under control, I share the truth about cleaning and organizing strategies that actually work in real life for real people, people who don't love cleaning and organizing. Thanks for joining me today. This is podcast number 296, and I'm calling it putting away and putting away again, because putting things away is is not natural or fun, but it has to be done. Anyway, so I'm talking today with Cindy, who I just liked her. So I like everybody that I talked to, but I just like Cindy so much. We had a good time talking and she talks about, you know, having great organizational systems, but then they're empty and the stuff, stuff that's supposed to go in, go in them is piled in front of them. And anyway, so we, we talked about just things that I know a lot of us deal with is doing this. She's also has gotten rid of a lot and is in a situation now to have to significantly downsize. And so we talked through that. So yeah, I really enjoyed this conversation with her. Um, A couple of things before we get going on the conversation, I did want to tell you that I have finally finished. My son and I started working on it in September, which is hard to believe because it's now May, which is basically the whole school year. But anyway, uh, we started working on a a meal planning course, a course where I take you through two weeks of meals using and learning my system for getting dinner on the table super fast. And that is, you know, pre-cooking ground beef and chicken breast. And so basically it's a lot of the same recipes that I've had on the site. You know, I've explained how to do that before in podcasts, but this is going to talk you through, give you the grocery list, give you videos for each meal where I show you how to do it. And I talk to you about it, how to adjust things for your family's taste and basically how to learn the style of cooking that then you can apply to whatever, like you can apply it to the favorite recipes that you already have, but I give you the actual two weeks worth of meals, which honestly for our family, because a lot of times on the weekends we'll eat out or something would stretch into almost three weeks worth of meals, but it's 14 meals that, um, I talk you through anyway, and I'm really excited about it. It's $16. So it's not very expensive. And anyway, that I think, I think, I hope, (laughs) Here's the problem with sending stuff to an editor. You guys, like I am working on this thing furiously to finally get it ready to launch and it better be ready by Thursday when this comes out. But anyway, go to aslobcomesclean.com slash make dinner happen. All one word, make dinner happen and find out more about that. Find out if that's something that you would be interested in. On that page, I have listed out all the recipes. I've listed out all the ingredients because it's not vegan and it's not paleo. 
And it's not, you know, so I, I don't want you to think you're getting something that you're not getting. So you already know what all the recipes are. And you already know, I mean, not the recipes, but what all the meals are, and what all the um, ingredients are. So so that there are no surprises. My goal here is not to trick you into buying it. Okay, my goal here is it may be very helpful for you. I believe it's very helpful. I've actually enjoyed doing this. Um, anyway, but it's there. It's $16. So go and check that out. Slobcomesclean.com slash make dinner happen. I also wanted to let you know that the final in the, the final episode in the podcast series that I have done with good chemistry lives here.com, um, where I interview different scientists about, you know, using products, antimicrobial products and stuff like that. Um, the one that is about reading product labels, like how to and why it's important and all that kind of stuff. Um, that one will be coming out early next week. That's a bonus podcast. It's an extra podcast. So it doesn't replace the ones that come out on Thursday, but it's an extra one. So just kind of know that that's going to pop up in your feed. And I encourage you to listen to that. Um, okay, here we go. Here's Cindy. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast, Cindy. You're welcome. I'm so glad to get to finally meet you. Well, I'm so excited for you to be here. Have you been on any of the um, Zoom calls that we've had as a group? No, I haven't been able to do those. Yeah, we but tried. I'm excited to talk to you in person. Well, yeah, I know. It's so fun to like get to see real people and figure out, oh, these are the people I've known online for a while. These are my people. This is my tribe. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So tell me about your unique life situation. I have six grown children. Wow. Seven grandchildren. Oh, congratulations. And so I have an enormous like six bedroom house and it's just huge. And it was really a lot easier to take care of when I had six little servants, but <laughs> since they all moved away, yeah, I did have them all working because we have one simple rule. If you don't work, you don't eat. So we had like, <laughs> I'm cooking lunch. You better hurry and get all your lunch for us done. So you can sit at the table when I get it ready. And it, it was so much easier. And then when they moved out, I was like, oh, I think it was me. That was the slob. It wasn't really them. It was more of, I don't pick up after myself. Oops. So um, <laughs> now after 34 years of marriage, my divorce will be final this week. So now I'm in a 3,500 square foot house all alone. And I really suck at maintaining it. I'm just not really good. First, I want to say, I'm sorry that you're going through all of that because you say it, but I know there are layers of of real trauma there. And I'm sorry that you've been through that. Um, So I can imagine like really wait this is a lot of stuff a lot of space a lot of years worth of things that mm-hmm. now it's all your you get to make all the decisions but you also have to make the decisions <laughs> exactly it's all your problem so um let's talk first about what is working for you so tell me like what's a strategy that you have found helpful in your home i love the container concept i've watched all of your YouTube videos. So when I get to a cabinet, I'm thinking, or a dresser, I think, okay, well, I can only keep five of these because they won't all fit in this drawer. So which one's got to go? And that really, really helps. I have that imprinted on my brain at this point. 
And um, another thing is to put things away where you look for them. So instead of, oh, I have a beautiful keychain holder right here by the door and it's got all these wonderful hooks, but I actually look for the keys under the microwave on the counter. (laughs) (laughs) It really does help to, until I learn a new way of putting them on that new cool keychain, it helps to do where do I, I put them where I look for it. And that helps a lot to maintain my sanity. Right. It maintains your sanity because it's, it's self-acceptance. I mean, it really is just going all the things that should work, which I feel like a lot of things like the key hanger, which, you know, in my house, we have a key hanger and other people in my house are really good at putting their keys on there. I am not so much. So I can see for you, maybe there are some things like you said that had worked for years. And then all of a sudden you realized, oh, wait, that's actually not what works for me. It felt like it worked overall when, you know, lots of people lived here. But so, yeah, I think that that's important, that self-acceptance of, okay, let's just embrace the reality so that it's actually where I look for it when I look for it. Yeah, that's good. Okay. So have you seen improvement in your home embracing those things? Yes. Yes, enormous. When I first started uh, following your guidelines, my daughter and I rented a booth at a local flea market and we pared down about half of my possessions and she took them over there and sold them because it was like, okay, I understand why this can never be straight. It can never be straight because I don't have a big enough container. I need a bigger house. No, I need to get rid of a few things. You need a 7,000 square foot. I'm just kidding. I need to control myself and not go to flea market ever. And um, so she took those things over and settled them for me. And then that was great of her to do that. I mean, that's a huge help. Yeah. Because I knew I couldn't do it because if I, what I would do is I would take it to the flea market. And I would put my $5 price tag on it. And then the next time I came back, I would go, you know, I really do like that candle. I think I'm (laughs) going to take it home with me. And I would bring all my things back home because, you know, if I didn't love them, I wouldn't have bought them. (laughs) (laughs) But you can, you can love way more than you can store. Well, and I, I like that too. I mean, not everybody has that resource, but that is, that's a huge gift to you that your daughter gave you because it allowed you to kind of have the best of both worlds, which is just get it out, get it Mm -hmm. out of the house. And I'm sure there's some things that she probably got rid of and didn't even sell and didn't tell you, you know, but I mean, I'm just guessing guessing. as a daughter (laughs) and as a mother, I'm guessing, (laughs) but, um, But yeah, so I mean, that, that allowed you to kind of do that, which, you know, that's not always an option, but I do feel like that just as far as selling things, but just being able to get stuff out in mass, that's huge. So I'm glad. And have you seen a huge improvement in your home and your ability to handle it, having that half of your stuff gone? Oh, yes. Yes. I have. It's so much better because when I want to put away the groceries, I actually can put them all in the cabinet. I don't put just part of them in the cabinet and go, well, the other ones are going to have to sit on the cabinet countertop until 
we cook some of this food and then, you know, and I'm only the only one eating here. So I have gotten rid of like a whole shelf of coffee cups and a whole shelf of Tupperware containers and things like that. So now I have lots of room to put my canned food, put my sugar and flour and things like that. And I can just put it up there so much more neatly and actually just taking it in the bag and setting it on the counter where I always thought I would have to have containers. I would have to have like the certain size five pound flour container that I put one five pound flour bag in and I set it on my counter and then I stack them all beautifully. But you know, if your cabinet's half empty, then you can just put your sugar and flour and it looks good. It doesn't look like it's falling out of the cabinet if it's not stuffed full. I cannot agree with you more. That is like, it's honestly one of the things that I struggle with because, and this is my own random story, but like, because people will be like, oh, you're a decluttering person. So they'll want to interview me for whatever. And they're like, okay, so what should we get for the cabinet? And I'm like, no, you don't understand. Like if you just have less in there, you can just put things and you don't need fancy systems. There are some systems that help. I mean, absolutely. There are some things that help, but as a general rule, the solution to you feeling like I don't can't put my groceries away is not that you need some fancy system. It's that you need to declutter so that you can just put them away. And then it's, you know, it's like that whole overthinking thing that I think at least I personally struggle with the overthinking and overanalyzing and over planning and all that kind of stuff. But anyway, I probably have a dozen spatulas, you know, they're different sizes and spatulas they're different are shapes and they're all <laughs> useful. Yeah. And recently, this is a side story too, but recently I went to my sister-in-law's house and I stayed there for about three days. And I opened the drawer where her spatulas and spoons and all that stuff was. And the drawer was probably two foot wide and she had maybe six items in it. Wow. And I, I, I went and got my phone. I took pictures. I sent them to everybody. <laughs> I said, I've never seen anything like this. You know, a, a two foot drawer with just six and items. And she survived. It's and- so beautiful. And she's like, well, I, why would I need more than one spatula? Well, why would I need more than one spoon? I mean, I only have yeah. one stove and I'm like, well, okay. Yeah, whatever. Well, it's, it's a different <laughs> mindset that we can really learn from. And like you said, it's beautiful. And like you said, you, you were there three days. And so most likely you saw that she was able to function and do whatever she needed to do with the six items that she had in there. And it was beautiful and it was easy, easy to put things back in there. Now, there are those of us like I, it would be hard for me to only have one, but at the same time, knowing it's possible to have one is really helpful for me as I go, okay, well then I need to purge down to the limits of the drawer that I have. It may not be down to six, but I want it to be usable like hers was and, and get it down. So that's, that's great. You know, my mother-in-law, um, I know I've said this before, but she, what I learned from her was she didn't even have most gadgets. I mean, like she would (laughs) use her, her serving spoon from her like cutlery set or whatever you call it. I don't know. Silverware set, you know, to stir something in a pot. Like it, it just, she didn't have 
a set of 15 wooden spoons, you know, or whatever that in my mind you have to have. You know? Right. So you need the metal spoons and you right. need the wooden spoons and right. you need the rubber spoons right. or silicon spoons. Right. And so I would, <laughs> I would look at her when I would look spoons at my own. Exactly. I have to have at least 20. Oh yeah. <laughs> spoons with holes for sure. Yeah. But yeah, as I would look at my stuff, I would, and I would know that I needed to declutter and I was trying to purge down. I would remind myself that she survived without hardly any of it. And you know, she never called herself a minimalist or anything like that. But I think part of it was that mindset of why do I need this? You know, and while I'm not a minimalist, it helps me to see other people functioning that way. So I'm, that's really cool that you were able to, you know, to observe that and see. Yeah. And, and I also, say, I think you be like Sheree, be like Sheree, be <laughs> you, like Sheree. <laughs> don't you think you understood more? the value of that because of the own decluttering that you've done in your house and what you were just saying about, well, when the cabinets cleared out, I can just put my groceries away and I don't have to have exactly. any kind of fancy system. And so it's like, Oh, you know, it all kind of works together now to observe what she was doing. That's Plus, she never has dishes in the sink. You know, she doesn't have a lot of dishes. So mm -hmm. why would you need them in the sink? You've got to wash them for the next meal yeah. because you only have one spatula. Yes. So I keep a sink full of dishes sometimes. I like that, but I well, don't have to. I know it's possible to not do that. Right. Well, and, and those, the dishes and the decluttering go so well together. Getting the dishes under control helps you trust that you don't need as many of these things. And then not having as many of these things makes it easier to keep the dishes under control. Cause like you said, you have to, you're forced to. Let's talk about one of today's sponsors, Ritual. Today's sponsor is Ritual Multivitamin. Ritual's clean, vegan-friendly multivitamin is formulated with high-quality nutrients in bioavailable forms your body can actually use. Plus, the fresh taste and delayed-release capsule design make taking your vitamins easy. So I've been taking Ritual Vitamins for about a year, and I love how they taste and smell minty so they're easier to swallow. And I love that they automatically send them to me every month. I get a reminder email when they're getting ready to ship and then when they're on their way. Y'all know how much I like automated stuff, right? And Ritual is made traceable. You'll always know what nutrients you're taking and where they come from thanks to Ritual's one-of-a-kind visible supply chain. And Ritual Multivitamin has nine nutrients to help fill the gaps in your diet. Here's what one of my kindred spirits had to say about them. I really like them. I started with prenatal while pregnant and now take postnatal. My daughter takes the women's and my husband takes the men's. They are so easy to postpone your shipments too. And they email you every month before they process your order. Get key nutrients without the junk. Ritual is offering my listeners 10% off your first three months. Visit ritual.com slash clean to start your ritual today. That's ritual.com slash clean to get 10% off during your first three months. Okay, let's move on to your <coughs> questions that you would like to discuss, your situations in your house. Okay, one of the problems that I realized that I have, even before I got rid of half of my things, like in my craft room, I have cube shelves. And the cube shelves have the doors that open and they have the drawers that my wonderful youngest son installed for me. So I have eight drawers and then I have like four of the cubes where you open the door 
and then I have another cube that's open. Okay, the cube that's open without doors is full. It's got all like scrapbook papers and it's got yarn. It's all full, but then full or over full. It's definitely over full. Okay. okay. <laughs> but the other side where the cabinets are and the drawers are, they're totally empty. There's not a single thing in any one of those cabinets. So I have extra things that are spilling out of one cabinet. And yet I have a mental block that keeps me from putting away things in the cabinet that has doors and the drawers that you pull out. Okay. And I just think there's got to be a way to overcome that block in my brain. Cause okay. I have like a laundry basket sitting in front of them full of stuff that I could have put in those cabinets. Okay. So let's talk through this a little bit. Um, have you ever put anything in those cabinets? No. Okay. No. So, so it's literally a, nothing has ever gone inside, the, inside those cabinets. So it's not like you filled those cabinets too. And then over time, everything came out and never went back. So that's not the issue, but then no. the other one, how hard would it be for you to, um, and I'm, I'm not suggesting you remove the doors. I'm just asking like, is that something easy to do or would that be something difficult to do? You know, sometimes I have a block about, well, I spent a lot of money for those mm -hmm. doors and I spent a lot of money for those drawers to be installed on those cubes, but it's very possible to remove them. So, so let's talk about before you take doors off. Cause I personally, I know I occasionally will have people say, you know, oh, well, it's good that you leave door cabinet doors open. You know, that that it's a, you know, a trend now to have open shelving. And I'm like, I don't want open shelving. I may leave cabinet doors open. I may leave stuff on the counter, but I want to be able to shut the doors, you know? So like, that's important to me. Oh, okay. Let me ask you this. You said that the other spaces are over full. Are they over full, but sort of organized or are they over full and out of control? No, they're, they're well organized. They are well they're, organized. They are organized. They, okay. So you are keeping things organized, mm -hmm. even though you could probably get rid of some, but it's basically organized in this space. Okay. Here, here's what I would say as the first thing to do would be purposefully put things away in those things. So take that laundry basket that's there, which is likely, I'm not saying for sure, but it has likely collected some other random things over time that maybe weren't supposed to go in that cabinet, but take that laundry basket and make that a decluttering project of the laundry basket to put the things in that cabinet without taking the doors off first, because, because realistically, you know, I know we're going to talk in a little bit about you downsizing and things like that. So you may not, you may want to leave these pretty doors on there the way that they are. Right. So put the things from the basket into those things, because you into that cabinet that does have the door and try to live with it for a while. Okay. Like I, I understand that it's not your most natural thing, but it is something that can be done. We'd be saying something different if you had put stuff in those cabinets six different times, and then it kept ending up in the laundry basket. You know what I mean? At that yeah. point, I would say, okay, then we need to take the doors off, but because they're there and because it exists and because it's a, you know, beautiful system, go ahead and put stuff in there and see what happens, um, live with it for a while. And then if you find that you are 
not putting things back in there necessarily, but instead putting them in front of the cabinet, which is kind of the impression I had. That's what I was thinking when I read your question earlier. Um, yes. But, it, you know, if that happens, work on tackling that in five minute pickups. But, but until it's been put in there, you know, it's not a real home as long as it's in the laundry basket, right? Yeah, the laundry basket is its home. <laughs> that's where I was for it. But that's not where but you we want need to it give to it be. a new home because right. the but, laundry but it's basket right there. needs to be for laundry. But it so. but it's right there. It's right there in front of that cabinet mm-hmm. that in your mind, this is the cabinet where it should go. I don't know why it's not in here. Well, let's put it in there for the first time. And then let's work on making that part of five minute pickups, putting things back in there. Because here's here's the thing that I saw in, well, here's what part of your question was, what can I do to overcome this roadblock in my brain? We talked earlier about the whole, where would I look for this first being really effective for you and kind of embracing, I don't know why I put my keys under the microwave, but that's where I look for them first. And so if I put them there, that's where they're going to be when I'm actually looking for that, you know, I'm actually going to be able to find them. And so kind of embracing that quirk. So the first step is to go ahead and make use of that cabinet. And then to say, I'm, I'm just going to say it may take five minute pickups in this space for me to purposefully put the stuff back in those cabinets behind, you know, behind the thing. And I'm going to, I'm going to do that. And I'm not going to worry about why it is that I haven't done that before. I'm not going to worry about why it is that I left it in the laundry basket instead of putting it in the nice cabinet. I'm not going to worry about why it is that I just randomly set it down in front of the cabinet instead of there. Instead, I'm going to say, okay, that's what I tend to do. A five minute pickup will solve that in five minutes, you know? Right. And so I'm going to go ahead and be purposeful about it. Cause I think that's one of the things it's one of the things for me that I've had to do is instead of worrying about, I wish I did things differently and said, say, okay, well then what can I do to combat the way things naturally go in my house? Does that, does that, it's like practice. It's like, I just need to practice that maybe write with the post-it note or something. Oh, I can, Hey, I could take a picture of the contents and put it on the outside and it would be like, there's no door. (laughs) (laughs) That's a great idea. No, I mean, yes, it's practice, but be aware that the solution, the final solution might be the five minute pickup as opposed Mm -hmm. to practicing this until it's not a problem anymore. That would be great if it's not a problem anymore, but, but that might not change. It it might, you might, the solution might be the five minute pickup. Do you see what I'm saying? Yes, I absolutely do. And then over time, if you start to realize, okay, this stays under control. The part that I can see the part that's behind the doors never stays under control, even though I'm doing the five minutes pickups, you know, and what's the difference between these two spaces, the doors, then maybe you take the doors off. But I think for now, there's no reason to do any kind of construction type things. Instead, let's just take, you know, take an hour, which will probably honestly be kind of fun, right. To put things mm-hmm. in, in the slot in craft and, room. Exactly. exactly. It's everybody's dream is to have this kind of craft stuff. So take advantage of it, but also just realize this might be the solution is the five minute pickup as opposed to a way to find a solution. I know that's kind right. of a distinction, but it's that self-acceptance of how things may have to go. That's really good. That's, um, you know, the mental part is 
accepting yourself and not feeling like I'm just such a terrible person because I can't make this work. You know, it really does help to for me to focus on that. So I think that's a great idea to say, look, I just don't think of it. So I will just every day, like before I load the dishwasher, I will just go and do five minutes and keep the things yes. out of the basket and take the basket back to the laundry room. Right. Which the, the clarification here is that sometimes the, the hesitation to accept yourself in these types of situations is that, well, if I accept myself, then that's accepting the situation and giving up. And that's not at all what we're saying. Instead, we're saying, accept how your brain actually works so that you can find a solution that actually works for you. Where if you don't accept how your brain works and you keep trying what somebody with a completely different brain style does and says is supposed to work, but that's never going to work for you, then you're stuck in that same situation. You know what I mean? Instead, accepting yourself and going with that is what's actually going to help you improve this, this thing that's been driving you crazy. And look at that. Now I have had my therapy session for the day. That's very good. (laughs) I am not. Love yourself and love that you not, no, not love that you're a clutter person, but that you are okay. No matter what kind of person you are, it's okay. We can do it. We do the best with what you got. There's a solution. And I think that's the thing is you have to accept that you may be different so that you can find solution that the solution that does work for you. Let's talk about one of our sponsors, Magic Spoon. So I've been trying to cut down on sugar, but that means it's sometimes hard to find fun things I can eat. But with zero gram sugar, 13 to 14 grams of protein, and only four net grams of carbs in each serving, plus it's only 140 calories a serving, Magic Spoon is keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, low-carb, and GMO-free. And we've got exciting news. Magic Spoon has released a super delicious new flavor, birthday cake. Birthday cake Magic Spoon will be available in a special five pack for a limited time only. So get it while you can or build your own box. The flavors you can choose from to build your very own custom bundle are cocoa, fruity, frosted, peanut butter, and cinnamon. If you're listening from Canada, Magic Spoon now ships there as well. The flavor I love the most is the fruity, and it's awesome that it's healthy while still being delicious. Go to magicspoon.com slash clean to grab the new limited edition birthday cake or a custom bundle of cereal to try it today. And be sure to use our promo code clean at checkout to save $5 off your order. This offer is now good anywhere in the US or Canada, but only when you use our code at checkout. And Magic Spoon is so confident in their product, it's backed with 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund your money, no questions asked. Remember, get your next delicious bowl of guilt-free cereal at magicspoon.com slash clean and use the code clean to save $5 off. Thank you, Magic Spoon, for sponsoring this episode. Okay, let's talk about your second question. Which is is going to affect my putting things away too, because now I have already a few years ago, got half of everything out of the house 
And then I declared a husband. And so now I am going from 3,500 square feet to less than a thousand square feet. And I have, you know, my whole life worth of accumulation. And I, I know that you had said on one of the podcasts that you had done this with uh, putting a parent in assisted living or something. And I don't know if I will be going back into a bigger house or if I will be staying in a small house. I kind of have an uncertain future at this particular minute. Right. First, I just want to admit, I, I just want to tell you that it's okay to say this is daunting. I mean, this is huge. When you think 3,500 square feet, which is what a lot of people listening think would be the solution to all of their clutter problems would be to have that much space. You know what I mean? There are people out there with six kids who are like, that would, that would solve it. That would be my solution. And you're here to say, "Mm, that's not your solution. That does (laughs) not work. But, but to know that 3,500 square feet to a thousand square feet which is different than square meters. I need to say that for my people who live in other parts of the world, because that sounds huger than it is. But, um, but 3,500 square feet is, is a very large house. A thousand square feet is, you know, normal in a lot of areas, but it's a huge, huge difference for you. So yes. And your, your question here on the paper said, where do I even begin? Okay. And then you also, um, did I see somewhere that you're thinking this is about a year as a timeline, or did you have some sort of a timeline? Well, I have, um, because of my changing situation, because of my changing life situation, I cannot afford to maintain this home. Yeah. I can stay here. It does not have a mortgage, but still it has taxes and insurance and the the maintenance, the repairs, the electric bill, the yard, it's three acres that has to be mowed. And I can't personally myself take care of this property. Right. So my daughter and her husband and their two children have agreed to move into my home and take over all of the upkeep and all of the payments and uh, help me out with, with everything. And then I'm taking one bedroom my craft room and the laundry room and the, and a bathroom. And those are going to be my part of the house. Okay. So we're just kind of blocking that off. So they'll take the other 2,500 square feet for their family. They'll pay all my bills. And I think that I'll live that way for about a year until I can sell the house and they can move away and I can sell it and I can buy something else that's a lot smaller. All right. So like you said, this is a little bit difficult as far as, um, not knowing what the future holds. You have a one-year plan. Yes. You are going down to 1000 square feet. What situation is your daughter moving out of? Does she already have a house full of furniture? Yes. Okay. So she wants, she's, she's going to live in this as her house. So she's going to bring her own furniture in. So that means you need to downsize your possessions down to the thousand square feet for those areas that you have. Okay. So let's go ahead and treat the thousand square feet as if you are officially, officially moving. Okay. Because I think, don't you think that would help the transition and y'all's relationship? If, if you don't 
expect all your stuff to stay, even though some of it probably will, like I'm assuming the the refrigerator and the stove and all that, you know, so you're, you know, that's kind of, right. you don't have a to few things it. that, you know, it's easy to say, Hey, it's mom's fridge or, right. but as far as my clothing, it all needs to go into my closet and yeah. my craft stuff does not need to be in the kitchen. It has to go back into my craft room and I'll have, you know, a tiny space that I'll call a sitting area or living room. Mm-hmm. And, um, my, you know, things that I put beside the recliner, my lamp, my, you know, my chargers, all those things. So I do need to put those in that space. I wondered, should I just empty the space, which is not what you, you know, not what, I don't think I could do that. I don't think I could just empty those rooms because then they would be piled up everywhere and I wouldn't be able to deal with it ever. But I had thought at one time, okay, well, let's just empty the thousand square feet and then I'll pick things I want and just put those back in there. But I think that that's going to make a bigger mess than I could even comprehend. Do you already live in one of those rooms? Uh, like, I'm using all the rooms. Yes. All, okay. the, all the rooms are in use. Okay. So I, I think let's view that as an apartment that you're moving into. Okay. And so it has a bedroom, a living room, and then your laundry room, correct? Mm -hmm. Yes. So, so those are, those are the things which most likely wherever you move after this, that's basically what you're going to have. You're going to have a bedroom, a living room, and probably a kitchen, but we're not going to worry so much about that part of it. Okay. For right now. So the thing that, I mean, it sounds like a, a plan and I'm, I'm so thankful that your daughter and her husband are, you know, willing to do this and, and are going to be helping you out with that. And so I'm glad you have that. I do know that, you know, you can plan. We all, we all know this in life. Right. And I think we especially learned it in 2020, (laughs) And (laughs) but we can plan, but we can never guarantee. So what I have had to, where I have come through the years is the, the main regrets I have about living spaces is that I didn't, is that I, I worried too much about the next living space instead of embracing the space that I was living in right then for what it was. Okay. You know, that's, that is really, that really makes me happy to think about that. You know, if I think this is where I'm going to be, this is going to be my bedroom. I can pick my very favorite things and not just say, okay, well, I'm going to pack up all my favorite things because I'm going to put them in my next house, wherever I move. But that's a great idea to just take the things that, that I want in my bedroom that I'm living in right now. I mean, I think that would make me happy. Right. I mean, it's bring joy. It's freeing. It's the container concept. I mean, it's the embracing the reality that you have right now. And you can either have a terribly stressful year of bumping into things and trying to hold on to stuff, or you can have a year where you have a cozy little nest and you can enjoy the fact that you're living in your house, you know, with your grandkids, but you also have your own space where you can close the door and feel like you're in your own cute little apartment I mean, it's that embracing the reality of that because, you know, my story is that I lived in a rent house for a year before we moved into this house. And this was years before I had 
grasped any of this. You know, it was back when I was trying to just keep, 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 keep everything. And, you know, I brought my daughter who turns 15 today, as we're talking, um, you know, she came home from the hospital. We were just talking about it the other day. And I always joke about, I'm like, yeah, and we brought you home from the hospital and we put you in the closet, you know, because that was the space that I thought we had for her. This makes me teary anyway, but that was the space we had for her. I thought when in reality, I actually had another room that I was using as my eBay room, which was a storage room. And I look at that and I think, I wish I would have just embraced. This is where we are right now and gotten rid of stuff that eventually I got rid of anyway. So Mm -hmm. I wish I would have just not moved it around from, you know, the one house to the rent house, to the new house, you know, and all this, I mean, it just, and anyway, I'm, I'm blathering here, but my, my point, yeah. My point is to embrace that time, that year. Oh yeah. At this point I have, I have a lot of fear, not knowing what I'm going to be doing and where I'm going to be going. But the thing is when like right now, if I got rid of my sofa and I wanted another sofa, there's nothing that I could do to buy another. I can't do that right now. But when I sell the house, I can replace that with something that's just mine that I love. Because at that time, I will have the house money to buy a house and to put some furniture in it. So I think I have to remind myself that even though I'm broke totally right now, that I will be able to buy another one at another time. And, you know, even if I can't buy a new one, God will provide. It'll be fine. I will have a couch. I'm not going to do without whatever I need. Well, and honestly, how fun will that be? Like, wouldn't it be more fun to live in a cozy little apartment in a couple of rooms for a year? And then when you sell the house, you know, have this wonderful challenge. I mean, you mentioned the flea market, you know, before I'm like, how (laughs) fun would it be to have the opportunity to furnish a house perfectly knowing what, not perfectly, because none of us are perfect, but you know what I mean? Right. Knowing the things that you know now because of everything you've learned as you've been decluttering your house. I mean, you're a different person now than you were when you were gathering the things that you had to declutter. And so you're going to gather things differently, but it's going to be really fun and exciting instead of, you know, wasting this year feeling frustrated over your space. So, so let's talk about the practicality of this. We kind of talked about the mindset part of it. So when you do the math of going from 3,500 square feet to a thousand square feet, I mean, like that's, that's a lot. I mean, that's, that's getting rid of 2,500 square feet worth of stuff, which is bigger than my house that I'm living in right now. You know I mean? Like that's, that's a lot of stuff. So thinking of it differently and instead say, okay, because that's so overwhelming instead, what are the thousand square foot worth of stuff that I do want to keep? Like, instead of thinking, you know, it's more like shopping your house for the furnishings for this little thousand, which I mean, it, that, it's still terrific. plenty big, but. Oh yeah. yeah. A thousand square feet will be more than enough room yeah. for me. It's just that I have possessions that are, that have filled up a house that I've collected over 50 years. You know, right. I've collected all these things. I have the piano. I can't put a, a piano in a thousand right. square feet. There's things that I know 
that I will have to give to, hey, I am lucky that I have six children. Hey. Because surely <laughs> I can give one of them, some, you know, yes. somebody will claim these things. And um, maybe that daughter will sell the rest of them. But, <laughs> but, you know, being able to say all of these possessions, like you said, this is my store. And I love all the things in my home pretty much. So why not pick the ones that I personally love the most that matter to me and put those in that one little area? Like you said, cozy. I like the word cozy. Yeah. I like that idea. Yeah. And, and be thinking of it along those lines. And, and, you know, like you said, the temptation to pull everything out of those spaces, which to a degree may have to happen. You know, I mean, we're talking, you're moving here, but at the same time, instead shopping the whole house and saying, this right here is my favorite recliner. Like this is the chair that I love sitting in to watch TV or to read a book or whatever. Um, so that one is definitely going to go in there. And so you look in that space and you look in the area that's supposed to be your um, sitting room and you say, okay, I'm going to bring this in here. What needs to go in order to, you know, make that work. I want to have another chair in here for my grandkids to come in, sit and talk to me or my daughter and I to talk and get away from, you know, everybody else or whatever, you know, so you start thinking of it along those lines and with every purposeful item that you then take in there to create this space, you create the space for that, you know, and and you may have some multi-purpose things. I think you mentioned that it's your craft room. That is that what's going to be your sitting room? Uh, yes, it's it kind of all runs together. But right. yes, I'm going to have to make those rooms into, you know, the craft room will have to shrink and the right. bedroom will have to share a room with the maybe craft room or the living room in the craft room, sitting room and craft. You know, I've got to figure well, it out. Well, you know, I and that's know. hard because anytime you have multi-purpose, it can get muddy. But at the same time, when you look at that as your whole living space, it, it does make a difference. I mean, you do need to, you know, acknowledge that, but then deciding what's most important. Is it most important that we sit and be able to talk in here? Okay. Then that means I need two chairs without stuff blocking the way to be able to get to them. I need a little table. I need, you know, whatever it is, and then shop your house and create that space and then get rid of anything else you know, that doesn't need to go in there and try your best to avoid the stuff shifting. Cause I think that's what you were saying is that was your fear of, you know, just pulling everything out. Okay. So let's say, okay, if I'm putting the chair in here and that means that, you know, this dresser full of random stuff needs to go. Okay. Then the dresser needs to go, go like, okay, kids, right. let me text a picture of you, this to you guys and say, who wants this or whatever, right. um, you know, instead of just moving it somewhere else. Because you don't move have a lot out. of room. Yeah, That's you don't right. have Just room to stuff shit. Move it out. Exactly. <laughs> move it right. all out. Do your kids live near truck. enough? That, <laughs> do your kids live near enough they can come get stuff? My four daughters do, yes. Okay. My sons are away in Space Force and the oh, wow. uh, yeah, it's amazing. But my sons don't live here. And uh, but my daughters and their husbands do live here, so I can call them, they can come get some things and even if I can't give it to them, maybe I can help. Maybe they can help me give it away. I think right. just just go ahead and saying I'm not going to wait for it to sell, but I want you to have it. And if you don't want it, you give it to somebody else. Well, and, and I think that right think there, about that. 
carry it on my shoulders. You know, I carry the weight of that. If you can have that mindset of, I'm going to offer this to them. And then if they don't want it, I'm free to just let it go. You know, it's like, I've, I've done the offering. Um, okay. Does, do you feel ready to tackle the downsizing? No, <laughs> no do you feel ready. like what we talked no. about will help you get started? I think, yes, I think I really am. I really think that, you know, I don't want to do it, but it has to be done. And I'd rather just go watch TV. You know, I'd rather not deal with anything, but it's going to have to be done. Yeah. It has, it just, you know, there's no way I can get out of it. It has to be done. So I should put on my big girl panties and (laughs) get these things, which don't own me out of the house. And, you know, the truth is now that I have been maintaining the huge house and cars and everything by myself is that. Everything that I own really does own me mm-hmm. because I have, you know, too many small appliances. And when one doesn't work, then I have to put more money into it to get it repaired or I have to go buy another one. And I've become dependent on having certain things. And then you've got six bar stools and two of them break. Then what do you do? You've got to spend money. You've got to spend mm-hmm. time. You've got to do the repairs. And so I think maintaining less will really help me to make the adjustment because Mm -hmm. not only am I going down to a thousand square feet, but I'm going down to that many possessions. Yeah. And I'm selling other things that we had around the house of value that I am selling for money, for cash, not giving to my kids, but selling those things. And that will help me to, you know, for groceries and things like Mm -hmm. that in the next few years, but also selling like an excavator, you sell that, you don't have to maintain it. You don't have to keep it greased and keep it put where it needs to be or where, yeah. you know, just all the things that I don't want those things to own me. Yeah. I want to own my things, but I don't want them to own mm-hmm. me. So I hope that I can downsize enough that I can really enjoy the small space and have less stuff in the small space so that when I do have a larger space, I will not want to fill it up with things. Right. So, well, and, and the container concept is key for that because that's part of something being container worthy is like, is this going to draw more energy from me than it gives me? Like, you know, I'd rather fill it, fill up my container, my space, my room with the chair that makes me go, oh, that's going to be comfortable to sit down as opposed to the stack of things that nags at me as, Oh, I've got to deal with that. Oh, what am I ever going to do with that? So. Right. Recliner that the stitches are coming out of. And every time I look at it, I think I've got to sew that I've got to fix that. I need to fix that. And then I'll just sit in it anyway. (laughs) So it would be better to just keep the one that does not have torn stitches and live in it. That's good. Okay. Your third question that you wanted to talk about. Well, I think we've already covered some of this, but my third question is when I get overwhelmed with my frustration because I have the same kind of brain, you know, I have that, that I don't tend to naturally keep everything tidy. I don't 
tend to normally keep everything put away, I do have to say, okay, at this time, I have to load the dishwasher because if I don't, it won't get done. Or, you know, I don't, I don't think that six utensils in a drawer is a good idea. I think that's kind of, uh, I would feel, I wouldn't like that. <laughs> I stuttered through that, but I wouldn't like it. And so um, I really want to do well. But you said, like you said before, it's a mindset and I get so overwhelmed and say, I'm such a bad person. I'm such, why can I not put these things away? They're like four feet from where they go. Why can I not just put it on the place where it's supposed to be? Why do I drop it by the door? Or why do I, I'm, oh, I just start condemning myself and feeling yeah. so so disgusted. let's, yeah, let's, let's talk about that. I mean, I think we have discussed that we have discussed that frustration over why is this so hard? So let's look at for some specific things that do help. Okay. So you said that some things that helped you were the container concept and putting things in the place where you would look for them first, which sounds like the process of going through the, um, five-step decluttering process makes you feel successful, right? Okay. Makes you yes. do things in a way that, you know, because you've embraced the container concept, which every time you do that, you start to feel more in control of those things because they are within boundaries. Okay. Right. You have taken things to the place where you would look for them first. Do you feel in control? So I think as you start to feel those frustrated feelings, tackle a visible space, follow those steps that you already know work that already make you feel successful and go back to those things. The other things too, are the five minute pickup. How much do you do five minute pickups? Oh, you can be honest. I honestly, <laughs> Honestly, some days I set the timer and I do a five minute pickup every hour, but mm -hmm. then some days I don't do it at all, but I definitely do it at least three times a day. So I, when I definitely you, do that. When you do it, do you feel better about your space and your house and how under control it is? Yes. Yes, okay. I do. I feel so, so much better. Just, just cleaning a counter where there's yeah. nothing on it is, is enormously uplifting. So. So I think part of that is that you feel the negative feeling, you feel the frustration, you feel the hopelessness and all that. And instead say, okay, I know that when I do a five minute pickup, I feel better about my house. I feel better about how under control it is, how much I am in control of it. So using that, I feel this feeling, this is something I can do. It's sometimes hard to make that leap between I feel the feeling and I feel it so hard that I really don't feel like doing a five minute pickup, <laughs> but instead to say, no, I'm feeling this feeling. This is something I can set a timer, get up, do this thing and see if I feel better. Take the before picture. Even if you think it's to prove yourself wrong, you know, or prove Dana right. wrong or whatever, oh, take the before picture, work for five minutes, take another picture with the goal of that helping you feel better and feel more in control of your house. Yes. I'm always surprised at how much you can pick up in five minutes. It's always well, like, 
whoa, it looks so much better. And it was just five minutes. What's it five makes minutes? Such, exactly. It makes such a huge impact. And instead of thinking of the frustrating thing, say, okay, now I know this is the thing I need to do when I have that feeling. The other thing, and I don't know, we didn't really talk much about dishes other than you said, you know, you usually have some dishes in your sink. And so I don't know how much that's overwhelming to you, but that's, that's the other thing that I will tell people is when you feel that overwhelmed, frustrated, why is this so hard? Go do the dishes because it gives you something practical and physical and legitimately impactful to do in that moment where you feel frustrated that will make an impact in your home. That's going to, you know, help you start to feel under control. You know, I mean, it's not going to finish everything, but the main goal in those moments is to work, you know, somehow combat that feeling of frustration and hopelessness. So right to be encouraged, right? Right. Take that encouragement of what I can do instead of what I can't do. Right. Right. You know, and, and it's tough because part of that become is from the whole, it's all so overwhelming. And so it doesn't, you start to feel like, what's the point of doing something small? And yet it's the doing something small that makes the big difference. So, yes. Okay. All right. Is there anything else you want to talk about or anything? I think that just being able to make the steps to start making the changes and to experience some success and having my bedroom set up where this is where I'm going to be, move out of the big bedroom, move into this bedroom and my dresser and just use my little container to take what I need and put in there. And also to try not to store everything. I think that has helped me to talk to you today about that, about there's just no point in storing all these things for the future when I don't even know what the future will hold. I may be in that space forever, or I may be, it may not happen. I may not even live in that space for a month. I don't know. So just to focus on what I can do right now. I got to get rid of about two thirds of my craft supplies and that's not fun, but I know my daughters will love it. That'll be fun to give it to them. That will be fun. Well, and I think too, just that knowing that anything you keep is going to have to be moved and managed in this unknown future. Anything you don't keep will be something that you're not going to have to worry about or think about in this unknown future. Right. You know, and that, I think that really, even just talking about it really gives me a little bit of, of a relief, like, you know, the two couches and four chairs in the living room. I don't need those. I don't have to have those. I don't need the, I'm never going to need that much space. I did need them when my kids were growing up because mm-hmm. we needed to have enough room for everyone to sit down in the same room, but I don't now it's just me. So I should, even though, you know, I love that my kids grew up and they jumped on the couches and my grandkids think they're trampolines and, uh, you know, it's, it's not the couch that is the memory. It's, it's the kids that are the memory. And I just, I got to let it all go. I need to release it and try not to try to do it all one day because, I appreciate you acknowledging that it is overwhelming. 
Oh, it's it so overwhelming. Just, just, it's so overwhelming and you've been through a lot. And so having to deal with all this physical stuff in the midst of what you've been through emotionally over the last year or so, don't ever be hard on yourself thinking that this shouldn't be so hard. It's hard. What you're going through is legitimately hard, but there's also, you know, I mean, if you're going to have to go through it anyway, let's look at the opportunity side of it, you know? So, okay. Well, I've really enjoyed talking to you. I think that you being open and sharing is really going to um, help other people who are going through similar things or something completely different, but you know, the way that you're looking at things will help them. So I appreciate you being willing to do that. Um, Tell me what you love about being a kindred spirit. Well, I love that I can say, I'm not the only person who thinks (laughs) this is a problem. Look at that. She's having a problem. Yay. No, that sounds really bad, but you know, we embrace that other people in the group also have the same problems. So it's not just because I'm defective. It's really something that other people struggle with. It's a problem that we can overcome and we can encourage one another in overcoming it together. And we're working on it. Exactly. Yes. Everyone in the group that is active in the group is working on it. Yeah. Yeah. Trying to be be able to let go of all of those worldly possessions and deal with these first world problems, just right. junk. Exactly. I really am so glad I got to meet you in person on the computer and thank you for inviting me to be on here. Well, I, I love doing these. These are, these give me a lot of energy. That's what I, I tell Jennifer who sets them up for me afterwards. She always says, Hey, how'd it go? And I'm always like, I love doing these. It's so it's just energizing to me to have these conversations with real humans after talking into a microphone and looking at the wall for however many years I've been doing this. <laughs> Didn't you love that conversation with Cindy? I just appreciated her being so open and honest and just talking through things with me. I really appreciate that. If you want to be a kindred spirit, like we talked about, if you are interested in applying to do one of these strategy sessions, I do take those from my kindred spirits who are um, patrons of the show. So go to patreon.com slash a slob comes clean to find out more about that. Also, don't forget, if you want to um, use this coming up summer as a time to figure out a different style of cooking so that you can get dinner on the table super duper fast and with low stress, um, go check out a slob comes clean.com slash make dinner happen. And check out my new course. I'll also put the link in the show notes, but it'll be there as well. All right. I will talk to you guys next week. Bye. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. 
From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com